to let me know oh yeah that'll work we can make it we can make it happen um, oh yeah here goes so we're live now how's everybody doing hey <laughs> hello everyone it's hello. episode yeah episode 72 up in here i think is that right andres yeah that's correct oh yeah so yeah sarah maddock hailing from nashville tennessee at this current moment um university of indiana grad and was it five summers on the book field is that right yes gotcha yep top uh seller top team builder we're excited to have you on to hear not just your your stories with selling in southwestern but you've gone on to have a great creative professional career just like we're finding ourselves doing with this podcast so it's pretty cool <laughs> creators unite right yeah. Um, yes yeah so i love the uh podcast worthy microphone there for you so um welcome to the episode thanks for joining us what a badass. thank you thank you for having me <laughs> yeah. yay this podcast. is so cool <laughs> <laughs> okay this, this is sweet this is like a we we took a poll a, a while ago uh, of like people that we should have on the show and people are like Dustin Hillis and Lee McCroskey, but your name came up a lot too. <laughs> so we're glad to be able to be uh, having this conversation with you. It's exciting to have you on. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm honored that my name was brought up at all by anybody. <laughs> people. People love Yes. It. So anyway, that's that's really exciting. Um, Andres, did you uh, have something that you wanted to bring up? Yes. About maybe something. I don't know. That's we're learning how to do this ad thing. Sorry, no, go for it. No, we're not. This is okay. No, this is okay. We got to update people. Okay. We haven't touched about, talked about the actual competition in a while. So yeah. I think we're going to have to reofficially restart the whole thing. Sarah, we're doing a competition Agreed. to get into shape for Bizzler. Yes, uh, we are. Have you heard of Bizzler? 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 You don't know what Bizzler is? <laughs> no. Oh, this is, this is fresh. Do you want to tell her? Yeah, I'll tell you. So we're getting shredded right. with, with Seth Hood and Zane Gallagher, who they have Elevate Wellness. We're getting shredded because we're throwing our first ever Bizzler, which is an alumni getaway trip. Right. Okay, Naomi told me about that. Yeah. yeah yes. Yes. So yeah. if you're listening to this and this is new to you, uh, you need more information, let us know. Send us a DM and we will send you the link to get more information about this. And it's also on the Southwestern Alumni Uncensored page uh, as well. So if you don't know about that, Bizzler. <laughs> I do know about that actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, so because of that, we went to went up to Seth and, and Zane. We're like, bro, we need to get in shape so we can look good for the trip that we're throwing. So, um, on that note, that's uh, we've been we've been getting our butts kicked for the last couple of weeks, but we've been all kind of out of sync because of the holidays. So we're throwing mm -hmm. a competition. They do a competition within like the program that they do. It's really fun. Uh, they help you with track your progress. They help you with your nutrition. It's really cool. So if you guys want to get in shape. Uh, definitely let us know we can get you set up with Seth Hood, Zane Gallagher yeah great guys we'll get you set up with those guys um but anyway so that it was it's been it's we got to update and we got to restart this competition because what happens is we haven't decided what the loser or the, what the winner gets but but the three of yeah. us on the show okay. the three of us on do the you show, have any ideas yeah maybe Sarah? Sarah can come up with an idea she's like one of the most creative people we've ever had on please here, so please the winner gets something so this is the, how it gets scored real quick. Uh, we have a habits checklist of workouts accomplished, like full meal plan followed, you know, wake up in the morning real early, do um, a miracle morning for yourself to stay in a peak state and just like be a, like the best version of yourself in real controllable ways that have to do with attitude and effort. So it's really cool to, to partner up with these guys. 
And uh, we're going to compete on a per unit scale, right? We're going to count units on this journey. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're, we're going to put metrics to our workouts and our diet plans. And whoever wins or loses, wins or loses something. So what, what do you think that should be, Sarah? Let's put you on the I spot. think the winner should win having to eat 28 plates of brownies immediately after they win, <laughs> therefore ruining okay. all their progress. Uh, and then the loser will actually have won at that point. Right. And then the loser, yeah. Yeah. Level the playing field. Last comes first. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. I just feel like I actually don't have that creative of an answer. Like maybe an excursion on Bizzler, you know? See, that's good. Sure. That's good. I think I like the food idea where it's like the other two have to buy like a really nice meal for them and someone else. Like, buy yeah. Them. I like that. I like that. See, there it is. Boom. Anyway, Boom. So we're brought to you guys, brought to you by the, them. And then, of course, Nick Warner, who is uh, currently uh, recruiting an army right now for his uh, for the summer. Uh, they're yeah. going door to door doing uh, bug juice, as they call it. And so they are looking for people who are <laughs> wanting to make a good uh, chunk of change in the summer and as a career potentially as well to with, with aptive environmental they're doing uh, pest control and they're crushing the game if you haven't seen it or heard about it they are killing it with their company yeah. so um good growth there make sure we uh, encourage you to uh, give us a shout out or message us if you want to learn more information about joining their team this summer um so anyway let's jump in is that cool yeah. yes sarah who the heck were you before someone came up to you and said hey what are you doing next summer or whatever how did you <laughs> how did you get into this thing um, I was a college student at Indiana University. I was a singer-songwriter as a hobby, you know. Um, I was studying journalism and Spanish, and I had just started my first year at Indiana University. I'd gone to a community college the year before, so I was like kind of a freshman, sophomore, whatever. Um, I don't know. I was normal, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Go yeah. for it. Describe what that uh, played out into. Like, were yeah. you um, just how it was Dave Clivekin who recruited you, right? Mm -hmm. And so that, yeah. that sophomore year, you just like were surveyed or did he do like a float approach? How did how did you cross paths? Yeah, I will never forget. I was standing in my dorm room and I just got a voicemail from a Pennsylvania number. Um, and Dave was like, hey, uh, your friend Todd. I'm in a class with him and he said, you'd be great for this leadership program called lead. If you remember, I was a guinea pig of lead. Ah. So, so for anyone oh. listening. Yes. Yeah. That's right. I remember this now. I did not know this. Okay. Please yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for anyone <laughs> listening, whether you know what Southwestern is or not, there's two recruiting methods. Um, one is pretty traditional. You see a ton of people and that's, you know, how the you find the right people. It's like a numbers game. The right people stick. Um, and lead was like, we're just going to teach them leadership principles and build relationships with like 40 students meeting with them, you know, a month or a week, sorry. And then, uh, we're going to, you know, see if, if we can build these relationships and then the summer internship is just this random optional thing we'll tell you about later. You know, it's just a totally, totally different approach. Um, so anyway, I, uh, yeah, received that call, ended up meeting up with him. I really trusted my friend Todd. Uh, and when I first met Dave, I was just like blown away by this, extremely confident, good listener, doesn't give an F about anything and what people think of him, you know, yeah. uh, kind of guy. I was really blown away and just like, I want to be like this person. Why yeah. are they paying attention to me? I'm 19, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and 
Yeah. Anyway, it was the first time I was introduced to the whole pool of personal development. Mm. I was like, I can affect my attitude. And I remember him telling me th- things that just really resonated with me. Like, wow, it's really unattractive when your dorm mates constantly complain about their homework and complain about their professor and complain about this and this yeah. and how they're, you know, it's unattractive to be lazy. It's unattractive to blah, 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 blah. Not that the point of life is to be attractive, but you know, right. uh, he gave me a lead binder and I learned how to measure my physical goals and mental goals and spiritual goals and emotional goals. And it was just uh, a whole new world. And <laughs> I was all about it. So, uh, yeah, I would do anything Perfect. he said, honestly. So he was like, you should do this crazy internship where you sell, you sell books and it somehow makes you a better person. And I'm like, great. Let's do it. <laughs> wow. How true was it a guinea pig or a pony that you were, Sarah? I think you're. I think you're a pony. Definitely. Yes. You signed up. You signed right up. Oh yeah. Yes. And then you went on to sell five summers and do all these crazy things and go all these cool places, have this cool story. So That's um, that first summer, um, so at Indiana University, I said University of Indiana earlier. I know that's wrong now. Pardon mm-hmm. me. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. That's okay. So Big Ten school, we, we, we love and appreciate the Hoosiers. Uh, my mom's from Indiana. What was like the culture shock like going from Indiana to your first turf that first summer? Where did you sell? Uh, Houston, Texas. Oh, yeah. was that with Dylan yeah. Barr? I worked with Dylan my second summer in North Carolina. Cool, cool. Which was awesome. Yeah. Well, Dylan also sold in Houston. We've had mixed reviews about Houston. What was your take? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was great. I mean, it was just insanely hot and humid. You know, yeah. like how people know yeah. Texas to be. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like sweating through my clothes onto my book bag in my car every single day and i worked uh big brick as we say nicer brick cookie cutter neighborhoods and then i also worked in the country so i kind of did a little bit of both um yeah 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 i was yeah one of the things that's crazy no i was gonna say one of the things that's crazy about i don't think we've had anybody who's been a lead kid or lead you know product yet and so for you did you find it easy to adapt to the principles of the summer given that you kind of had been given the principles, the basic, basic principles in the first place, or was it even like more of a shock? Kind of like when managers go out for a second summer on a new turf and they think they know, but they don't. Right. Um, I was really solid when it comes to being bought in. I was just insanely bought in, like nice. ever since I met Dave. Uh, I never, ever doubted doing it. Um, so I was just, yeah, I really learned the emotional intelligence component. I personally felt very undertrained technically. However, undertrained or underpaid attention to the training they probably gave me. And I was like, I don't need to know this. All you need is attitude. I mean, the worst that, example of that. How very ENFP of you, Sarah. Exactly. Yeah. Re- relatable. Relatable. I can't even so. spell yeah. ENFP, honestly. Oh, okay. <laughs> but. And f- and and but to me like I, and let me know if you guys relate to this both of you but like i remember going to my so i needed self-hostering because the oh, the cocky human that i am now less of um it was shocking because i went in there going okay here we go i know what we're, what i know what i'm doing i've always been in you know straight a's blah 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 and i get there and dan moore does the thing where he's like all right if you've got straight a's in school stand up 
So, like, everybody stands up. And they're like, okay, yeah. if you were in varsity soccer or whatever, so varsity sports, stay standing. And everybody stayed standing for, like, every single high achievement thing. And I said, oh, shit. Like, this is a, this is the mm -hmm. top of the people I've met so far. Yeah. Did you guys have that experience? Not quite. It was maybe half of the people at my sales school. <laughs> yeah. I think I remember him doing that. Yeah. I can have really poor memory, though. For some things, but don't worry, I remember stories from the book field. Some of them. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't remember that. But I do just remember the culture of getting to sales school and being like, everyone here is really, uh, really cool and confident and down to earth also. And I want to be like all of them. <laughs> yeah. yes. It's a cool way to get pushed by fighting that competition everybody was competitive yeah. i feel like you're like i can't get beat by that guy <laughs> or whatever yeah you know what's I'm funny though competitive. sorry go ahead Sarah. i was yeah. gonna say i'm actually not that competitive and i never i never me neither. truly was really okay that doesn't surprise yeah. me nick but i never <laughs> even really was when i was one of the top uh producing managers you know um but yeah that's interesting <laughs> Yeah. Same. Okay, really, quick, really quick. Uh, can we pause for a second? I don't know if we can edit this part out later, okay. but my friend Hannah texted me that she's trying to watch and I think it's the live thing that was not working. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she said it's there's a couple people who are trying to, but they can't. Uh, I think the new code, the new, the new, the new link is in the, in the chat. I can send it to you though. I can. Uh... It is in the chat now. So on Zoom. Paste. See, I knew this was gonna happen. I don't know why YouTube was being so dumb. We won't edit this, by the way. This is fine. I don't. I don't. Are you sure you won't edit it? I don't know, bro. For we audio so, purposes, we are so laid back. We are so laid this back. Is true. This kind of thing. It's true. It doesn't even. It's hilarious. Anybody We're learning. That? That's yeah. what this is. We'll look back. Oh, you should have seen one of our first episodes, Meredith Gardner, Sarah. You know Meredith. Yes. Um, her episode was back in like February or something, and. I was like driving in the car, getting Zoom set up so that I had like a mount in my car. I didn't even get on camera the whole way. I was driving from Omaha to Colorado and we were just struggling to go live on Facebook's uh, Southwestern Uncensored group. That was so bad. It was, uh, oh my different gosh. Times. Different times. That is driving. That's the ultimate uh, jankiness. <laughs> it was like, I think we're not live. And then Nick literally on the air goes, Andres, I don't know. We have no idea what we're doing. I'm like, I know it's episode nine. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we still don't know what we're doing, you know? Oh yeah. Still okay. learning. My, we'll get back into the conversation, but my favorite quote by, one of my favorite quotes is by Mario Andretti, a Formula One driver. And he said, if everything's under control, you're not going fast enough. I'm like, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so okay. It is what it is. You, what, you were going to say, uh, uh, I think, Sarah, you were gonna ask I'm that? saying that I'm not that uh, I was just saying I'm not that competitive that's interesting like, yeah like even when we would do like top managers or ols against each other like my third through fifth summer or whatever I, I this is just my nature like and this is not like better than any any yeah. other kind of nature but I'm just like I don't want to hurt my friend's feelings like I want <laughs> I would rather them beat me because I can never beat someone and feel good and it's if anyone's into the Enneagram because I'm an Enneagram too. Uh, well, it's just because that's my personality. 
plus yeah enneagram two there's correlation i can't say it's because i'm an enneagram two only you know what i mean there what's your wing wing three which is where my motivation seriously my motivation for doing well in southwestern was totally to make my parents proud of me and to make my leaders who trained me proud of themselves for having trained me like to make the dsls or dsms you know proud of themselves for having trained me it's totally it do you cry at the song perfect by simple plan I don't even know that song. Oh, okay. It I doesn't cry, come to I mind. Cry. That that the wrong bell. And I, <laughs> I would cry. I cry at it. So I'm like over here opening up my emotions. But that's that's super interesting. Did you? How did your parents feel about you going? Like in yeah. the first place when you first told them, "Hey, I'm gonna go to Houston this summer to I'll yeah. myself to sell books door to door for eight hours a week." Do you know this story? No. <laughs> your it's parents? like, yeah. I mean, go it's on. the story. Yeah. Story? It's oh, wait, not. Is this you know, it's like not a, like. It's not the ponytail? Is this the ponytail? This, this, this can be a, a t- story told now. I have other ponytails. Okay, okay. Um, when I first told my dad about it, he wrote me eight pages, an eight-page essay on why I can't do it. Eight no. pages of objections. And <laughs> yeah, it was insane. Um, here, here's what it actually was. It was our family Facebook page. We have a family Facebook page and he would just write multiple paragraphs and multiple posts on there, like all in a row one night. And I was so like, dad, it was so extra that I copied and pasted it into a word document and showed him that it was an eight page essay he had written. Oh my God. And I, I wrote him a three and a half page essay back slightly less extra, still extra. Um, (laughs) To tell him that like here answering his objections and literally selling him on it because I really felt like it was my destiny to do it. Heck yeah. So, yeah. Heck and I yeah. at least sold him on having Dave meet him, like the parent meeting, you know? And once he met Dave, he was like, you know, he still wasn't like, yay, I'm so glad you're doing this and leaving us. But like, he was like, okay, I get it. He's a real person. He clearly is awesome. And like, <laughs> Dave just explained the logistics of it and stuff and what would actually happen. And yeah. So very cool. So the textbook guinea pig of the lead program, you had a great relationship and then it all made sense. Dad was like, love this kid. Go for it. Right. Yes. That's wow. awesome. And Dave yeah. is a badass. Like cool. that. that is how cool Dave is for real. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. In the end, in the end, I feel like, do you think he ever like your dad after like multiple summers later, was he ever like, completely bought in like oh okay this is fine you've done this four summers or was he always like kind of still pushy or resistant uh it was i mean it was a mix but it was a totally fair mix i think i mean clearly you know the way we still talk about it is it was obviously worth it like it's the whole reason i live where i live which is the whole reason i'm literally getting married to the love of my life which is the whole reason i had a video go viral and i have this amazing community where i'm at now it's just like no, and, and just that my own, I'm not perfect, obviously, but my own self-awareness and emotional maturity and confidence has totally stemmed so largely from that experience, even though it was uh, at times extremely stressful and scary and mm. uh, really kind of took over my life, but no regrets, honestly. Like, yeah. yeah, and he feels the same way. You know, his whole thing is like, oh, all the wear and tear on your car, you know. <laughs> Yeah. But I also was an idiot driver. Okay. So that was on me, you know. How long did your car last through your five summers? Did yeah, you have one car? I had one car for the first four. Oh, okay. But actually, okay. Okay. I uh, 
The person was totally fine, zero injuries, but I T-boned somebody a week before sales school of my fifth summer and totaled my car because it was my fault. Um, so that's the only reason that I, yeah. And this was again, off the book field. Like it was a week before my fifth summer. Yeah. So I had to buy a new car, but it lasted a while. It was an HHR. It was a really ugly car. <laughs> <laughs> what was Got your first it? book car, Nick? You had uh, my first book car was a Honda Civic 1999. Let's go. That oh, is yeah. the ultimate book car. Like oh, it was black. It had Honda Civics. Oh yeah. Rough. I had a I... Mitsubishi Eclipse. Yeah. And it lasted me the three summers and then a Chevy or a Chevy Cruze or something. Hell yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So then, okay, so you're in Houston. Why did you decide to come back? Like there, everybody has that story. You were either gung-ho or you're like, no way. <laughs> yeah. I Well, I was like, no way. I was mm. just, the no. idea of it gave me, made me sick to my stomach just because of the fear of rejection of knocking on doors, like the actual meat of what's scary, you know? Sarah, um I I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm also two three uh, two wing three ENFP. So everything that you're describing about rejection and all this, you know, like needing structure. Otherwise, you like get too creative with your schedule and stuff. But yeah, it's it's yes. ridiculous sometimes, isn't it? Yes, I'm so <laughs> glad we can be on the same wavelength and completely oh, yeah. leave Andres out, who is not the same personality. I'm, just <laughs> um, I'm an eight. But sorry, go yes. ahead. Oh, nice, nice. Um, but yeah, I was so scared. And then Aaron Schaefer was just persistent with meeting with me. Uh, he was my new DSM because Lester Crafton was my DSM my first summer. Ah. Yeah. And then he moved on and then Aaron Schaefer, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I mean, what really, the, I know exactly the selling point that resonated with me. It was like, didn't Dave change your life? Didn't this change your life? Don't you want to change other people's lives? Don't, don't you want to be this to other people? Uh, and I was like, yes, but even though that was the selling point for me, I remember my first day of my second summer, you know, what's crazy. My first day of my second summer, I actually fell in love with selling, like actually like my process of getting better and trying to improve my selling craft, I guess. And I said out loud, you know what? I think I'm going to do this five years. And I, I, I predicted the future. That I would do it five years. What happened? Weird. <laughs> what do you mean? What happened? Like, how did you find fell fall in love with? That's a moment when you realize it was this just. Is fun. Well, honestly, I think the the answer to that is that nothing crazy happened. I the crazy thing that happened was I'm not having this chaotic guessing what I'm doing day or experience. I'm like, oh, I know what I'm doing. This is like a video game. I'm gonna yeah. go over here, and then we go over here for a gold goal period, and then I'm gonna check this off. Blah, 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 blah. And I felt flow and like just confidence that I could improve at this and wasn't just doing this to build character and running into a wall like a chicken or whatever. Crushing. That's awesome. Well said. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you this. Brandon Q, Brandon Q asked us this once, and we haven't brought this up in a while. And I, I'd be curious to see what you had to say. But his question was, what do you think makes someone good at selling? And I think to me is what you just said, but do you think it's something else? Because he said the scenario was if you had two people who were on paper the same, right? Same blah, 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 personality, even all this stuff, same territory, all that stuff. What would make one have the edge of the other, do you think? Um, compassion. Oh. Yeah. Self-compassion. Uh, like somebody who's just emotionally in tune with themselves and what they're feeling. 
because I don't know, this is going to sound like I'm trying to sound super deep, but it's what I really think. Um, someone is not trying to stuff down their feelings about selling. Like they're just like some of my best days were when I was feeling so off and so emotionally bewildered, but I kept going anyway, kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah. I think having compassion with yourself and being like, I am worth, I'm worth, I'm going to be the best part of this person's day. Like their five minutes with me is going to be worth it because I'm awesome. And I have their best interest at heart and I'm going to love on them whether they buy or not completely genuinely, you know, and I'm going to make them feel good. I'm going to give them a compliment. And so self-compassion and self-worth, I think. Love Dang, it. That's, that's good. awesome. That's really good. Thanks. For emotional that. intelligence with Sarah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. This episode is brought to you by emotional intelligence with Sarah. <laughs> that's that's white. <laughs> that's epic. So did you, did you recruit? How was that side of it for you? That's a whole different side that you could even talk about for a while. What was that? What was that like for you? Because you mentioned that was yeah. important to you or the, your why, I guess. Uh, recruiting is actually what I was best at for sure on paper. Oh. Um, and what I enjoyed the most and thought was the, came the most naturally for sure. Um, so I've, well, actually not really in school recruiting. I barely did that. Oh. Um, but I did full-time for two years, my fourth and fifth summer at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. And yeah, it, I felt like recruiting was, it just felt like a normal job, to be honest. Like, I feel like you could have more normal times, like you could eat dinner and right. <laughs> you could eat dinner. Structured. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of like throwing food in your mouth between doors. Yes, oh, yeah. yes you can eat, but you could like sit <laughs> down and socialize. <laughs> I know. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> no, no. That's the schedule sometimes. Most of the times. All the time. Every summer. 80 hours. Go. Don't eat. <laughs> At Run. least 80 hours. At Run. least 80 hours. It's You're 100. Fast enough. We didn't say jobs. If you're a manager in Southwestern, you have a 100-hour work week every week for the summer. It's insane. And that's like kind of fitting sleep in, like kind of getting sleep in. I know. But uh, you got to eat when you full-timed, and that's good. Yeah. And you got to like socialize while you ate, you know. With your yeah. friends it was super fun like i really loved the people i was um recruiting with like jacob green uh was who i worked with most closely and then mason little who i recruited so i worked with in my fifth year um but yeah that i did really well too i brought 10 people my first year and Whoa. 16 people my second year and not to flex but flex i brought away. the most most people to sales school my fifth summer however that flexing muscle deflated when 11 of them quit. So oh, whatever. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. epic. Well, but that it's interesting because Josiah uh, a couple episodes ago was telling us it's interesting. He didn't have large numbers, but the people he brought stayed. So it's an interesting like balance to try to like sort like figure out that like the people that recruited 20 person teams plus and then they all stayed. You're like, what? How, what did you do? What? How? <laughs> I know. Just wild. I know. I really don't know. It was, I will say, yeah. Re okay. Recruiting felt easy and felt normal and felt awesome. Owelling was a nightmare for me <laughs> personally. Ain't a no nightmare. Nothing. Everybody yeah. said they wanted to be an OL and loved Owelling. I'm like, why? I love leading people, but it was like the details and figuring out so I have ADD. 
Oh. Okay, never, I'm not even going to get into that. That sounds so lame. I have ADD, no, if you so want, I you can't, can't do anything. This could be, like, this could be a story <laughs> for another time, or you could let us know. It's okay. No, no worries. There's no judgments here. <sighs> Embrace your tendencies. They're okay sometimes, because yeah. oh, the awareness yeah. helps you overcome them. I actually have, uh, uh, like, you know, people help give me strategies on that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, so. I love I love my ADD. I've found compassion for that part of myself. Um, and it's so real. Like I actually went to a doctor and like my whole mind was blown about everything in my life. But anyway, uh, I just, yeah. OLing. I will say, I think I was prepared well too. Like, I think that like Aaron now Sakatanov and Matt Ross, like did a really good job preparing OLs, but I just, uh, it was just not my strong point. And I felt like, uh, it was like a combo of two, this is vulnerable. You know, it was like my two, um, deepest wounds of like, I, I feel like I did a poor job with the details, which is my belief that I'm stupid related oh, to my ADD. No. And it ended up letting people down, which is oh. my like, oh, hurting my stupidity oh. hurt people. It's like a oh. anyway. So shame. that was like huge personal growth. Oh, so much shame and oh. like overwhelm. And I felt like a mom who had my fifth summer anyway, I had like a mom who had like adopted 20 or 16 kids and was like, I'm going to take care of you. It's going to be great. And then I, the kids died. <laughs> oh, 11, 11 of them didn't make it. 11 of them are no Ooh. longer with us. So you'd have to say. Yeah. And it's not, it's That's not all brutal. on me. It's not, it's truly not all on me. Uh, obviously people make their own decisions and a lot of them weren't cut out for it or, you know, made poor choices, but wow. Anyway, well, and just for people listening who might not know what OLing means, because I think we've mentioned OLing in other episodes and we never explained yeah. it. So long, long story short is as you come back from multiple summers, you, you're giving multiple or typically given higher responsibilities uh, to run the organizations. Right. So you have like all these kids, but then they're divided within like a region of the country. And usually it's an experienced manager um, who like handles all of the first years and second years people. So that's called an organizational leader. And so typically people who recruit big teams who are full-timers end up being org leaders for the summer. They're basically, the, that's the most critical position in the entire company, in my opinion, like mm -hmm. as a whole, as a team. Like that group needs to, if they don't bring it, it's a, a bad problem. They're on the so, very front of the battlefield, yeah, almost like literally. The you know? They're the commanders that are oh, yeah. in, at, at, in the trenches with the kids. Oh, yeah. It's rough. The best perk is you pick your turf. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But other than that, like it's crazy yeah. because like you, like you pick the turf, but then every single aspect of every single person of every single thing that they do in the summer is completely on you to make sure everybody executes. So you're literally like a drill sergeant, but that has to be compassionate for people who are having a rough ex emotional experience and physical experience. So it's brutal. It's a brutal job. But on top of that, you have to really perform yourself in the book field because otherwise that's not good because <laughs> you kind of lead by production and you lead through emotion. So it's nuts. And, she, mm -hmm. and Sarah's saying that she had to do that. And it, and that was that's that's the severity of, of the situation. That's super vulnerable to share. Thank you for sharing that because that's that's crazy to, yeah. to, to when that – that's the thing that Southwestern did really well is it, it gave you this uh, really hard look in the mirror that you could mm -hmm. not escape because you put yourself out there and it just exposes you and it's, and it's scary sometimes. So thanks for sharing. Yeah. I didn't think I'd be that vulnerable. 
but yeah, there you go. <laughs> Welcome to the Ponytails Podcast. Overshare. Oops. Uh, no, that's this is, that's what makes that's what makes us have fun in the show is just to be able to make connections with people, right? I don't. I've met you, Sarah, like a couple times, but to say that like we hang out and stuff, I don't. I don't know. We just different parts, different phases of our lives. But look at this, yeah. right? That's what that's a, the cool thing about the program too is you can meet someone brand new and just be like, look at that. I, I see you. I yes. you sat on a curb and cried, right? <laughs> not, not every person, right? But that's uh, yeah. Tom McWhorter said that at uh, Denver GRS two a few years ago. You know, quick shout out. He's on our Thursday episode this week, so oh, nice. that'll be so cool to have Tom on. And uh, yeah, that's that's like this crazy deep connection without even knowing each other. It's awesome. I remember uh, Sarah, you and I, we spent time in Arizona filming a music video for you. Um, I'm not sure, Andres, if you have this video ready. Is it I Sell Books? Oh, yeah. Is, oh, no, it's not that one. It was a different one that we recorded right. in Arizona. What was that, that video? Uh, you're, th- you're talking about Hey Book Girl, which oh, is yeah. also very good. But Yes. Okay. Yeah. We can do the other one, though, that you had queued up. Okay. If you yeah. want. I'll, I'll, show I'll show this. Yeah. Hang on a sec. Sorry. That was a big left, left turn here. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's all good. It's all good. You're doing great, Andres. We're learning. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) It's Pagosi. Want you to listen to me. So dramatic. (laughs) Dramatic. Parts about recruiting. And you might ask me why. Or leading. Follow me, don't be shy. And if you want an adventure, come with me. You don't realize that we're making history, but you will see when you're fighting out on the field. I sell books in the summer, it's just what I do. I'm pretty good at it. This is hilarious. How did how long did this take you to make? Each step of it takes several hours. I mean, I would okay. So, quick story. Do you know who Nate Hambrick is? Yes. So I'm a musician. He, he's a very important part of my whole story of where I how I got to where I am now as an artist and creative person or whatever. But I met him at two a.m. Uh, at, at at Sizzler in Mexico, That's right cool. before he was about to get on his flight. And I actually, I met him only because I'd missed the bus to Coco Bongo and ended up being stuck at the resort. Anyway, it was totally God. But yeah, we connected and we just met briefly. And I'm like, I write songs. And he's like, I produce songs. And then eventually we connected and I flew to Texas to record an EP with him of three actual like 
pop songs I'd written or whatever. But anyway, when I was there, I'm like, hey, I have this idea for like a book song. Could we, you know, for the book music video uh, contest thing that they do at GRS, which is a recruiting thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he, he said, great. So he helped me produce all my book songs that I did. Um, that wasn't the first one. So that one we just watched was like number three I did. But anyway, he's awesome. And he would help me produce those. Um, so the production part t- took forever. Like actually fine. Really? he he figured out the instrumentation and, you know, fixed the vocals and stuff. But yeah, and then I would just plan, hey, we're going to film a book video, everybody. Come to Katie's house. We're just going to make it up as we go. Like, I really didn't plan much. Like, a lot of those shots are just like, do this, and I'm going to do this. And then I'll fill in me dancing at the parts that are missing. Uh, and then I edit it together. And anyway, wow. it probably Amazing. total took like 15 hours. Wow. <laughs> That's so not too cool. shabby. So I guess Thank this you. would be this would be a good point for transition. Like, so how did you talk to us if you want as much as you want to share about like your exit of Southwestern and then and then how you ended up with uh, you know your follow? I guess before we even get to the TikTok stuff, like just kind of your career that happened afterwards, and then if you want yeah. to share, yeah, sure, um, yeah. I knew that I was finished with Southwestern during deliveries of my fifth summer, and it's so weird. I had not even decided. Uh, like going into my fifth summer that that would be my last but it was like I I really just think it was God like just confirming that that was my time to move on because it was just during deliveries and I just started telling moms that it was my last summer like heard the words coming out of my mouth almost and then I'm like okay I guess it is um you know and there's still the inner war of like doubting that a few months after but I did commit to it in like October uh and then I took a nine-month sabbatical that was awesome I was able to do that because of the finance or the income I made through Southwestern, like literally didn't work for nine months, traveled. I would like travel and be gone every other month. And then, and then the, 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 every other months of those months, I would be at home with my family. Just, I read 25 Uh, books and I traveled again with Nate and made music. And, um, yeah, anyway, that was really awesome. awesome. Yeah. Thank you. That's incredible. Thank you. That's, that's so do you, do you ever get that feeling of like because every time i think i've heard that people love southwestern there's always that little bit of like you that's like oh man what if i come back for one more like there's you, you're never it's not really until like sales school's happening and you're not there right that, that mm-hmm. you, no you know did you ever have like a incline to go back or anything like that no i mean again uh like a couple months after the summer itself i was like you know, I was talked to about what if you just came back and just because they knew I was recruiting and OLing was like the OLing part was stressful. They're like, what if you just sold and you could sell with whoever you want? Like you could live with Emma Barnett in a different org. And I love Emma. And I'm like, oh, that's so exciting sounding. But no, like I just knew oh. I knew I was done. Um, wow. Yeah. But yeah, it felt weird to not be there the next year. Dang. Yeah. And what, what year was this? So this would have been 27. No. My last summer was 2018, so 2019 is the first one I was not there. Wow, cool. Yeah. And what did you do? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did after that nine months sabbatical, like, what did you do next? Yeah, I took another uh, three-year sabbatical, and I'm still unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just totally. You're kidding, silly. I know a guy Cheeky. that's hiring. <laughs> did you hear the beginning of the episode? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, but yeah, I was approached about self-publishing school by Dylan Barr. 
actually. Mm. And there he's like, go. hey, work for us. And I said, okay, yeah. I will. <laughs> oh, actually, false. I totally forgot. I, for like a, a couple months in May, 2019, I, when I first moved to Nashville, um, I worked for this company called 123 Enrollment and I did high ticket sales. Like I was a closer Ooh. for digital marketing funnels. Like still all these digital marketing terms, I still don't fully comprehend, but I've just learned a sales script and was able to work for random things. Um, but that was really stressful. And I felt, I didn't feel enough integrity, like where I was selling things. And I'm like, I don't actually know what this product really does well enough for me to feel good about this. So uh, that's when Dylan ended up reaching out to me and it was good timing. And yeah, so I worked at self-publishing school, September, 2019 to September, 2020, exactly one year. Yeah. Wow. There you go. That's a cool company. It's the second and, time it's come up this month. Yeah. It's a great company. Yeah. Okay. I totally recommend it. Yeah. The only reason I uh, left self-publishing school is because I could work for myself. Yeah. There you go. So cool. How, how did that happen? What, walk us through like that, the beginning of that phase and then now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So April, 2020, is when I found a slug on my rug and I, oh. that, that seriously, it's the slug that started mm -hmm. it all. I had been posting on TikTok very casually, like random, like trends and lip syncs and just like dumb little stuff. I had not posted my own creative works really, you know, mm. or like songs. Um, pardon me. I have a <laughs> chili bean in my teeth. Yeah. Good chili. Good chili. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I had chili for, uh, two dinners at three and five. I had the first half of the can of chili, then the second half. 100%. Have you ever had cinnamon rolls with your chili? No. That's a very Nebraska thing. Oh, yeah. It's, That's it's very strange. It's <laughs> really good. It is so good. They're both very warm, comforting, cozy foods. Yeah. Peanut butter and jelly. Mm. Yeah. You know, I have you to try it. think of it, but you know, and now it's a looking back. Very good. Very good. Great lunch. Nice. So, <laughs> great lunch for well, yourself huge in some communities <laughs> so let what me ask you saying? this no you, you were talking about april the bug april 2020 on the slug oh indeed the yes slug. the slug but so you're gonna ask me something Go ahead, <laughs> i was gonna say um having this prior experience making music videos for your summer internship you're like able to just put it like how long is that video like a minute 30 seconds the slug um, video yes it's like 20 20 seconds there you go. Not 20 even. to 30. Yeah, okay. 20 to 30. Um, yeah. How many people have seen it to date? I'm curious. Do you know? Yes, I believe 5.9 million. There you go. Oh gosh. Wow. Yeah. Go. And I will never forget, y'all. Like, I like making that, like, I found the slug on my rug, whatever. And I literally went to go get a paper towel to throw it away. And I was like, stop, Sarah. It's a slug on your rug that is so catchy. You have to make a song about it. Um, and I literally, wow. I just, I, you know, I threw the paper towel away. I didn't, you know, I let this lug be there and I sat on my bed and I wrote a song in 25 minutes on my phone Unbelievable. and, okay. and then I like set up the ring light to film me and the slug where I'm like <laughs> rapping to the slug to get out of, to get the slug out of here, you know, puns. Oh yeah. And I, and I remember posting it. Like I, w I was a Sunday. I did that. And then Monday night I waited to post it. I don't know why I just didn't post it yet. And then I took a shower and then I like, didn't look at my phone. And then when I looked at it, it was like 6,000 views or something, which for me was like huge, but it, and it was so quickly that it was just like, 
ah! and then I started refreshing it and it was like 6,200, 6,400, 66, like immediately, Whoa. you know, and, and wow. Olivia Davis. Yeah. I was living with Olivia Davis, uh, my really good friend now. Yes. And I was like, Olivia, like the slot <laughs> video is blowing up. And we just watched the likes and comments pour in. And then the girl who dances hip hop from high school musical commented on it that night and followed me and oh, I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Look crazy. at you. Yeah, the internet's crazy. A lot of, a lot of doors open through phone screens, nonetheless. So this is April, 2020. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so then when, like, what's the timeline of like the progression of that? Cause I mean, you're, it's, you're crushing it right now. Uh, it's so cool. And what, the, the thing starts climbing and at one point you're like, no way. We're, this is nuts like at what point is it just like hard to believe you know what i mean because mm. first yeah it's like, okay ten thousand, but like what does a million feel like or whatever you know oh i know watching it continue to climb to a million i remember it was so sweet my whole family is the one who told me actually they texted me and they're like it just hit a million and like my siblings oh. and stuff it was so sweet but it felt it was like the biggest high ever it was like it was like the adrenaline rush of walking into grs2 when you've been killing it at recruiting it was like the high of walking into Sizzler. <laughs> I don't know. All right. It's just like, yeah. you know, it's like the overwhelming. by Mark Rao, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It felt like my dreams were coming true because guess what? What happened? I, what? I, predict, I also predicted the future this one other time. So in 2019, um, my, my mom bought me tickets to Hamilton. Ooh. We went to go see Hamilton together. And on our way to Hamilton, I was randomly telling my mom, uh, I was working for self-publishing school at the time. I'm like, mom, you know, what's crazy. I actually think I'm going to be famous. I wouldn't really tell anyone else that, but I actually really, I truly think I will be. And you know what? I think it's going to be like something like these book videos I've done, but it won't be about books. I think it's going to be for silly songs and videos. No and way. she was like, and she was like, I could totally see that. Like she was so encouraging and supportive <laughs> and it came true. Calling it out like Babe Ruth, calling your home run shots. Look at that. Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy. What the, that's, this is, a, I want to, I want to, I don't, I want to dig deep on this if that's okay. How, how do yeah. you, cause that's the second type of something like that's happening where you're like, you had the confidence. You said, God. You said you were like, going to do five, five summers and then you did that. <laughs> and then you said you were going to be famous and you are. So God, TikTok, God's, yeah. God's an yeah. important part of your life from what I understand and from what I know about you. Do you think it's a, I mean, obviously, yes, but like, how, how do you know, how do you learn to listen to that and just cling on to that? Cause most people sometimes miss that sign and something obviously hits you that you're like, this is the sign. How can you describe yeah. that? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I, yes, God and my, and my faith and I'm a follower of Jesus, you know, whatever language you want to put on that is all the most important thing in my life. And I believe that God lives in me through the Holy Spirit. And I do believe he was leading me uh, in my life decisions on the book field, you know, I mean, with me on the book field, literally every day going through the hard things and helping me know when it was time to move on. Um, but I also just think there's something to be said for looking at, like, looking at the logic of what is it's like, the gifts he's given me and the desires that he naturally has given me. For example, when people who are believers say like, Oh, I can't, I need to know my life purpose. You know, like God hasn't told me what my life purpose is. 
as if God's going to come out of the sky and be like, you're supposed to be a master accountant in San Diego, you know, and they're like, I hate math. Why God? Like that won't happen. You know, it was just, I could see, especially with silly songs, that it was the thing that I got into a flow state when I worked on, I was so, and am so passionate about it that I can't not do it. I cannot not write silly songs. I wrote them on the book field. I write them all the time. I write them in the shower. I make them up all the time. It's like a part of who I am. And I believe that it uplifts people, helps them not take things too seriously. It's a distraction from the horrible things in the world. You know, it's clean content for kids and parents to enjoy. I'm kind of going on a total tangent here, but uh, I I believe even though it's just like, oh, I make silly songs and videos on the internet. I believe it's from God. I believe it's what God has designed me to do, at least for part of my life. Um, And yeah, it's a natural desire that blesses people and blesses me. And I'm good at it. Like, I'm not going to overthink it. This is my purpose. Here we go. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing your passion. It's exciting. So crazy. Yeah. And so then now, so then, so this, so the slug video, you know, takes off. And so now do you feel pressure to like come up with more content that way? Like what's, I mean, how much did you know about like digital marketing and social media at that point? I mean, I'm sure you've blurred a ton over the, cause you do a course and, and stuff now. Right. But I actually like, didn't. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, I was just sales. Like I'm just like learn a script and say it and engage with people and ask them questions, you know, and trust the people that I'm working for that what I'm selling is makes, you know, what I'm saying is true. Um, so yeah, I, I really didn't. And to answer your question, I actually didn't feel pressure at all. I felt nothing but adrenaline and excitement and, oh my gosh, I can't wait to, people are paying attention to my songs. I'm going to create a TikTok a day. And I seriously worked my butt off that summer. I seriously worked 80 hours a week that summer, 2020, wow. because yeah. I was working at, working at self-publishing school and, uh, like putting out any TikTok rap that I could think of, like one a day, I was seriously doing one a day. And then I had brands start to reach out and I'm like, they'll pay me money to do what I love. And so I'm delivering on those deadlines. And it was insane summer of 2020. But uh, I didn't feel pressure though. Interestingly enough, I feel pressure now because I already have a platform. I've had a million followers for about a year and I feel, I feel like I've been stagnant and I'm kind of, kind of like, oh, how do I like grow or get to the next level? Like now, how do I grow my Instagram? Cause it, you know, TikTok followers don't easily translate to Instagram. How do I do the next thing? How do I blah, blah, blah. So it's interesting. I did not feel pressure at the beginning. I do feel, pre- I do feel pressure now. Wow. <laughs> That's great. And so is your focus then Instagram or YouTube? Cause I know that like your YouTube channel is pretty healthy as well, relatively speaking, right? It's, it's, it's. No. I mean, I'll tell, I mean, I have 2,500 subscribers, but I don't post on YouTube. I literally oh, almost never I do. See. Like, wow. She's a specialist I, on TikTok. Like we are on YouTube. It's really interesting how followers work and like, we're finding our own level of success where we're getting paid. Right. And then there's that pressure and it's yeah. great. You know, it's a, a really cool headspace to live in you know i'm splitting that instead of doing like self-publishing school like you did i'm selling solar right and that's my passion but uh it's also an awesome passion of mine to bring this network to life um we're so excited to have awesome alumni who are doing awesome things like an awesome person as yourself sarah so um it's pretty cool to, to look into that life um we're, we're aspiring in our own right you know 
given that content. This is going to be our three episode week this week. So yeah, tune in for Todd's episode again, right on Thursday, but uh, we love this life. It's exhilarating, you know, you, you make people's lives happier. So yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Thank and you. Th that is that is such a cool um, uh, jump. So September comes around and how did you decide, all right, I'm, I got to do this full time now. I can't ignore it anymore. What, how did the ethical condition come up? Yeah, I decided that I would move on when I replaced my income. Super simple. Fair enough. You know? yeah. And I waited until then. I waited until then. I could have quit. Um, I mean, I replaced it in July. And I just felt like I should finish out the quarter or do another quarter, which looking back, I totally didn't need to do. I totally stayed because I cannot tell people no. I can, I, I know like I was pretty good at being an SDR. Like I was a pretty good one. And mm -hmm. I know it costs money to hire people. Like they don't want me to, they want to keep me, you know? So I don't know why I just delayed it by three months. And like, it was so stressful actually, because I kept getting more and more brand deals. And then I was still trying to you know, work time. at self-publishing school anyway, but I replaced it in July, but I quit in September because I just felt like I should stick around another quarter. Cause I felt bad <laughs> for no that's... reason. Totally put that on myself. <laughs> it's so hard. Cause that's a good, they're fine. To work for. I know, yeah. but they would have been fine without me. Yeah. And they're, they are fine. Like they're crushing it now. So that's good for them. Yeah. But, and the, the, the cool part about what you're doing too, I think is just that like what you said, you bring people joy. That's another thing I remember about you. Like knowing you, I'm like, man, she's always like the, the best attitude I know. It's like, just always upbeat. And you bring that to life through uh, a mode of, of creation. That's really cool. So good for you. Good Thank for you. you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where can people find you? Let them, let them know. Um, they can find me at Saramatic anywhere. It's literally just Sarah, my name, S-A-R-A-H, M-A-D-D-A-C-K. Instagram, TikTok are my primary two things I'm focusing on. You can also please subscribe to my YouTube. I will be posting more yeah. someday. And, and we'll share, I think whenever this is over, we'll share the link to all of those things on the descriptions of all the things. So you guys can find it. If you're listening, you can find it on there too as well. It's cool. Question for you. How, how do you feel like the the things that you learned in Southwestern helped out, uh, you know, or are currently helping you with your, with your life as a creative? Uh, huge. I mean learning how to be okay with rejection because hate comments are rejection. I would say not be okay with rejection, but to not take things personally. Like that's what we all know when people say, oh, this is cringe. Oh, you do always do the same beat with your fist. Uh, you're a clunky white girl rapping, like literally just got that one. You know, uh, they have issues in their own life that I know nothing about, like truly cannot, you know, take it personally. So just learning when you knock on doors, and people treat you poorly, you know, it's because of their home life. It's because of how they were raised. It's how they've seen other people treat other people. So learning that nothing is about you is helpful for like the fear of people not liking your content, which is huge. Um, and then definitely just habits. Like I have to stay in the habit of uh, cultivating creativity and posting videos consistently and engaging with my followers and delivering on deadlines for brands or doing social media consulting, like just communication really is everything. And I now have to sell myself to mm. brands for brand deals. And like I said, clients for social media consulting. Um, and even every video I make, I would argue is selling myself to my audience, you know, yeah. selling yeah. my soul to my audience, <laughs> <laughs> my soul, soul, my soul. 
<laughs> that's epic. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I uh, we're like Nick said we're said we're along the journey, but um, it's fun. It's fun when you have fans that are willing to support you like that. We, we don't have a million followers or anything, but uh, man, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, speaking of which, fan that's a big fan, uh, and we can start getting into some of the ponytails uh, if that if that that'd be all right. But before we do that. Yeah. As you kind of look up your notes and stuff, I wanted to share with you guys, if you're listening, uh, a word for some of the some of our partners. So, um, if you have never heard the name Southwestern Real Estate, well, it's on my screen. So there you go. Now you've heard it. Um, and yeah, we we love working with Southwestern Real Estate. Uh, currently, um, we obviously we have been in chat with Pat Roach. He was one of our biggest fans. <laughs> His episode is number forty. If you want to check it out, he literally the first thing. As on his during his interview, he goes, "Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is my favorite podcast. I listen to every single episode." You're like, "You can't buy advertising that good. That was so great." And so, um, we're glad that he's a partner with us. Um, currently, if you guys are in a place where you're looking for a career change, if you're looking to uh, get a little bit more flexibility, be able to prioritize your, your your priorities better, or in a way that's a little healthier for you, if you like that southwestern healthy environment, minus all the drama um the the good parts of the of the of the of that culture that's the place you want to go to you want to man want to message us us and we'll get you an interview with pat roach who was a person who originally um you know founded the company in 07 right before the crash and his leadership has really been a good thing for that company to have been able to grow and they're crushing so they're all over the country if you guys want more information on that make sure you message us and um, we'll get you uh in touch with pat also uh Martin and Lucas. Um, so uh, Lucas Biscuit with Martin Cow. He's they're, they're, uh, DJs. And yeah. So, uh, yeah. If you guys have an event coming up, wedding, Sarah, if you need a, if you need some music produced, I don't know. Uh, these guys are they're also crushing it, um, and they are uh, looking for gigs. So if you guys need some DJing, some quality DJing, you know, uh, a name on their names list, you might be recognized. Or they might recognize as uh, GRS. Yeah. They're, yeah, the Freddies. They're going to do the. Oh, Freddies. that's cool. Yeah, they're doing the, the Freddies, and if they're good enough for the Freddies, they're good enough for you. That's that's what I say. So, shout out to those guys. Message us if you guys want more details on that. And so now I heard. I did want to say I heard Pat Roach is having a Bizzler contest for his uh, next oh, yeah. selling season. So if you get in to work with Pat, you can maybe win a trip to to Bizzler, Cancun, Playa Carmen, actually, Valentin Resort. Um, it's uh, next August 15th through the 19th, right, Andres? Yes, sir. Yes. If you want more information on that, also messages on our Instagram or, oh, yeah. or whatever, comment below. We can get a hold of you as well. We're excited. Uh, sure. So on that note, pony tales time. What you got, Tara? It could be one or two stories, however you want. Mike is yours. Great. Once upon a time, I was selling books. <laughs> There's a soundbite right there we're going to use for some promotional thing later. Oh, do it. Once upon a time. That's I was awesome. selling books. Let's yeah. go. Uh, I mean, one great. of my favorites, uh, that shameless plug I talk about in my book that I'm writing and will be out here in like, I don't know hopefully six months or less. Um, yeah, I, it was my third summer. I was in San Antonio and I had, uh, been doing really well. That was really a summer that I exploded, I think in growth and, uh, 
sales production and stuff. And I got this message from this mom who was like, I've seen all my friends buying your stuff. I want to check it out. Do you have anything for homeschooling? And I said, yes. And so she's like, come to my house. And she gives me a paragraph of directions to her house. Uh, Yeah. She lived in uh, Tarpley, uh, which was this like, what's it called? A subsidized division. Subdivision. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it called? No, that's not right. Homes, like oh, an unincorporated community. I think that's Unin- what it's called. Oh, what is oh. that? Yeah, that, the first okay. thing I said wasn't even relevant at all. I don't know. Oh. It was like 80 people or less or something like that. I don't know. Don't fact check me. Maybe I'm hyperbolizing. But it was nothing. It was the middle of nowhere, you know. And I, anyway, I get out to that location. I'd been putting it off, too, because it, I didn't even want to go there because there's like nobody there, you know. But it was like kind of 20 minutes out of my way. Um, so I get there and I had screenshotted her directions. Thank goodness. Because as soon as I got there, my service was completely kaput, like hotspot, <laughs> dead phone, dead, like no hope whatsoever. And so I'm just going off the screenshot of paragraph directions. And it's like behind the pink house underneath the, whatever those wires are, phone Barbed wires. Wire? Oh. oh my gosh. What are general poles that have wires on them? Yeah. That bird, yeah. Bird Electricity. Electricity yeah. poles, electricity wires. Yeah, why can't I think of that? Anyway, you go under that, go past cows. Anyway, it was just this crazy thing. And so I started driving and following it and following it and following it. And I come to a rushing stream that I don't think is safe for my car to drive through because Houston was having flooding that summer, mm. really bad. And I don't trust my HHR to go through that. And so I was just like, oh, like I promised this woman I'd be there. I, It's dangerous. Like, I, I don't think I can drive through it. Um. Ah, I'm just going to have to turn back around. And then when I get service, because it wasn't like I could call her, you know, when I get service, I'll have to tell her I couldn't make it. Maybe I'll come back another time, but probably not, you know? <sighs> so I don't do that. I park my car and I write a note and put it on my dashboard. And I said, don't, you know, I will be back in like an hour. And I squished, put my backpack on, trekked through the water. Um, right and started walking the rest of the way to her house. And my socks were like, squish, 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 you know? Um, (laughs) And it was probably like, it was probably like up to right beneath my knees. You know, it wasn't like past my knees or anything. I wasn't like swimming, but it was, it was intense, you know? And then the rest of the way was uphill. The rest of the way was like 20 minutes uphill of walking. It was insane. And so then my shoes were dried off at least a little bit by that walk. And I just remember thinking, you ever have those moments where you're like, if me five years ago could look into the future and see this moment right now, (laughs) they'd be like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like a movie where it's like, you're probably wondering how I got here. What mistake am I about to make? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I hope this is worth it. So I keep going and I finally see her house. And uh, honestly, it was just like a really dinky little double wide. Like I remember thinking like, uh, they're probably not gonna be able to afford this. Underwhelming. You know, like probably, yes, underwhelming. Um, and we all, anyone who, who has been in sales or is in sales, it's easy to make snap judgments about people, whether they're yeah. gonna be able to afford your thing. Yeah. Like it's just human nature, we're biased and it's something you always have to check. And my bias was being judgmental that day. So, you know, sue me. Um, but yeah, I remember, you know, I showed up and she was super nice and I did not tell her that I'd parked my car like a mile down the road, you know, uh, I just showed up and she didn't really 
look for my car or anything but because i didn't want her to think i was like trying to guilt her into buying anything either like look at me i trekked all this way and my shoes are squishy you know (laughs) so i come in she starts looking at stuff and she is a foster parent actually so she has like kids of multiple ages in and out of her house all the time so she wanted to see everything and i was like okay you know just showing her everything um and right when she asks for the price of the whole bag the dad walks in of course and i'm just like oh no you know and he's like (laughs) is that your hhr like a mile down the road and she's like what and then i told both of them and explained sheepishly why i had put that much effort towards showing up at their house um (laughs) yeah and, and anyway he's like you know oh what are you doing uh you know, like that whole thing. And, and, I was just like, <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to buy this stuff. It's like a thousand, you know, it's like 1500 <laughs> or something like that. And he's like, okay, have fun. And uh, I'm like, yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a clutch dad. Where did you say that was? You said San Antonio, Houston, which San Antonio. Gotcha. Yeah. I remember in upstate New York, there's like really rural, like far off trailers, double wides, where I've sold plenty of books to that they're just like, yes, please. Kids education. It's perfect. We need this. And I was like, the the door struggles to stay on, but respect. Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, that made the whole job worth it. That's that's what I love about that job. And also the cool dads are the cool moms, like the cool, like people that mean like that they're just, you're cool like that lady was obviously a cool mom she's cared about her kids education but that dad that's that's you ever had the book field teach you things that you didn't expect like how to be a good spouse like that's something yeah i'm like i'm gonna be that husband someday where i come home and my wife's buying something crazy and i just go and the salesperson's about to like crap their pants because he's like oh no the dad's home and it's like that's cool that'd be sweet yeah yeah it was really cool to witness like family dynamics and marriage dynamics and you could just tell when spouses were on the same page like they just respected and loved each other and trusted each other and um yeah yeah definitely yeah but yeah that was a nice surprise um then we all took a picture with their farm animals which should have clued me in that they did have extra income they have farm animals yeah Yeah. you know like that's a thing that i'm ignorant about because kind of farm animals uh, I think they had a donkey, a goat, and a horse, and a pig. Very cool. George Orwell's dream. Um, wow. So I actually cool. don't totally remember. I know there's a donkey at least. But, that picture's yeah. got to be somewhere we'll find it. <laughs> yeah. That's epic. That's so cool. Yeah. Got, got yeah. some more? Uh, well, just that she drove me back down to my car and it was really sweet. Oh. And uh, yeah, it was just totally worth like i was gonna do it for the story and then there's a cherry on top that she actually got to um you know she was really excited about it, it seemed like it was gonna be really helpful all the materials and stuff so yeah that was super positive wow. very cool cool Lots was that the pony story like the most dramatic they bought everything story do you have more you know that totally is the only other stories I wrote down are just dumb things I did or like really weird, random things that happened. Please like indulge. We've got oh, time, totally. right? We've got I time. I will happily indulge. Sure. Basically, I just made so many mistakes. Like twice, I totally screwed up deliveries where, okay, you know how you write on delivery cards? Okay, for anyone listening, by the way, you like <laughs> take orders and then you make a lot of your deliveries at the very end of the summer. 
and you have to send them postcards to let them know the day you'll be back. So that way they can be ready with the rest of their money for the product. And so you can show them how to use the product. It's like Girl Scout cookies. Um, yeah, it's like Girl like Scout cookies. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yes. So I wrote down all, I spent forever on these delivery cards. Okay, I'll be here this day to these people. I'll be here this day to these people. And then I mailed them. As soon as I dropped them in the mail, like forever into the abyss, I was like, <gasps> I didn't write it down for myself. So oh, no. I just told all these people I was going to be there, but I don't know when I'm going to be there. Oh no! I didn't make a list or anything. It was just That's on the like cards. Twenty people a day, or thirty sometimes. If you, I did twenty to thirty. Oh, I always jam packed it. Holy no! How many yeah. days was it? Like a week. <laughs> yeah, it was the whole thing. It was the whole thing. I know. That's brutal. Deliveries is the most physically demanding part of the summer without question. For people who don't yeah. know, Pretty a day. you've That's... taken orders all summer. So emotionally and mentally, it's actually the best part of the summer because there is no pressure of having to produce. Everybody that you're seeing, for the most part, are ex they're excited to see you. Like they have food for you, all this stuff. Nobody's telling you no anymore. But man, you have to haul around an excessive amount of books and you got to be on time for the most part you have to be on schedule and on time and and like that is the week that you sleep the less because you have to get them all delivered you have yeah. to because that's when you said you would be and then when you get done you have to do a book count to make sure that everything that went out matches with everything that's at the warehouse and sometimes it doesn't and that is a problem because yeah. books equals money. So if you're off on books, you're missing money. And most people are going back to school by that time of the summer. So it's like, that's really the time constraint. You got to get it done. Otherwise, like it's you just, bad. you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. And so you're, all late, you're hauling books all day. And so yeah. on top of all that, you don't know where you're going. Oh man. How'd you fix it? What'd you do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. I just tried to remember. <laughs> and like, I was wrong on a, good handful but it, it honestly it didn't end up being that big of a deal again i totally yeah. attribute that to god but they were just like oh i thought you were coming this day oh well you know <laughs> i had a I'm here I now. say i had a few people who were like you said you would be here we waited for you and that sucked but yeah that's exactly what i've experienced and uh my second summer i got injured jordan greenberg delivered my books you know jordan greenberg by chance he's got an episode actually Great guy. i think i do know him he's, he's interesting getting... Yeah, he's very interesting. He's, he's an interesting on... person. Yes, very yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. He was my roommate my second summer, our second summer. He, uh, he's getting married in March. Great guy. You'll see him on Bizzler, hopefully. But um, yeah. Gosh, what, what was I saying? My train of thought just got derailed. Hey, what were we just about, talking about? You were just talking about how, like, the deliveries and... and, and yeah, so he delivered my books. Out. Yeah, he delivered my books my second summer because I got injured and left early. And um... so people were... <laughs> Pissed. they were so mm. upset there was literally someone who's like we're not taking these books because you're not nick and i'm like hearing about this like i don't get the money at the end of that exactly. and it's just especially, like Ugh. especially if they owe you it's money crazy. and they don't yeah. pay you yeah and yeah like, that's not funny either because you show up and they're like yeah we don't have the money or we don't want them and you're like uh <laughs> yeah well, you got to crew them. You got to like, crew them a little like, bit. And you're like 19 years old and you have no idea. What I know. And this is fully grown adult with kids. And you're like, ah. I know. <laughs> that was the hardest thing ever crewing. I was just like, uh, 
I know you said you don't want to pay me, but you do are going, you're going to please, you know, like it's just, just like, or that's. These are our books. These are, these are your oh, books right I, now. These are our books, Mrs. Jones. You paid for half. I own half. We need to figure a way, right? We need to find a way to pay for these books that you ordered. And I hauled to your front door all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, right? Oh, uh, brutal, it's brutal it's brutal and 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 you know i feel like that's why people always finish the summer they're like no way because you have some of those and those honestly that is worse than the rejection is yeah is, is that moment where you're like dude you owe me money people backing no out yeah. yeah and it teaches you a lot about your commitment i feel like there's commitment of like learning to stay through the hard part and it's hot and all that shit and that's great but you also get like when you it, I, I remember thinking, I'm like, if I ever owe anybody money, if I ever said I was going to do something and this person's like heavily relying on me, because they know, like they know your situation. You're a college kid selling books door to door to make it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's hard and they get it. If I ever tell someone like that, that I'm going to be there for them and I like, man, I'm going to pay or I'm going to, you know, I'll be totally. there. Totally. Like I learned that from that experience. Like you said, you learn the kind of spouse you want to be. You also learn the kind of spouse or person you don't want to be. Through yeah. a lot of really real situations, yeah. Yeah, you guys ever had the? Sorry, this got kind of negative. You got the parents that you're like, what? Like the ones that the, the rejection that hurt the most wasn't the one that like turned you away meanly. It was the one where like the kids loved it, and you could tell that this mm-hmm. is like the first time they'd had hope in school in your in their life, and they looked up to you, and even the mom maybe, but the dad like looked at the kid in the face and said, "You're too dumb" or whatever. And and that maybe sometimes in those words, sometimes indirectly, but like. We don't believe in you enough to have to buy these and you just yeah. don't think you're going to use crush. it yeah you watch that kid crush and you're like oh this is, you, i've had those i cried in my car man i was like that's brutal like to watch yeah like, i'm never going to be that dad yeah crazy yeah anyway <laughs> thanks, thanks for being on sir <laughs> yeah right no 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 you've got you've got more oh yeah you, more had, more stories indulgences. To share, right? you had more indulgences yeah. right what so you got on your notepad there yeah i mean the other delivery mishap is uh, my second summer, I was in North Carolina country and I had all pretty much all PO boxes. So, and we had paper oh, maps, no. we didn't have sales drive. So I just didn't write down where that I did. And I was horrible with paper oh, maps. Like they're no. just a total chaos. So I just had to drive around turf and like try to to remember where houses were and then ask neighbors where the name of this person is. Cause I had their wow. names. Uh, what summer was that? Those that second, my second. Second summer, and where was that? Did you say? Uh, Rockingham North County, North Carolina. Wow, that's right, that's right, and that's Great. mountains. That's mountains that you're trying yeah. to get up and down from with a heavy yes. ass car. I yeah, know. That just your oh, brakes gravel. would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that car's loaded. <laughs> I know. <laughs> My, my first this so is story weird. delivery story on mine if you guys don't mind but my first yeah. summer for so i had the mitsubishi eclipse and i didn't really have that many car problems but the first car problems i had with that summer was the first day of deliveries i because you load the car with so many books and this is a two-door little mini eclipse right and i'm in the hills of upstate new york literally last delivery I still have some of the books because I was missing some of the, my weak customers that I, I didn't catch home. So I'm like, crap, I gotta go find these people now. And I'm coming down this hill and I hit the brakes and I can hear the car go, no. 
<laughs> no. We're not. Nope. You better take this turn. The stop sign. Hope nobody's coming. And I like. I mean, it slowed down some, but I finally. I didn't stop until it like came back up. So I had to cool my brakes down a little bit, and I like, like, tried to get it home. Got it fixed. My landlady. This is a blessing. She goes, "Hey, you can use my truck." She had just bought it. This is 2012. She bought a 2012 Chevy Colorado. Brand nice. spanking new. Wow. Really good on gas mileage because it was like one of the first few ones that was like they were where they were improving the engines on them to like not be so. Man, I delivered books like crazy that summer and it was amazing. It was a to end in a positive or to give a positive story. Like that mm-hmm. was great. Like a huge blessing. And then uh then I had my car fixed. And uh everybody bought. <laughs> wow. Well there you go. Hell yeah, man. Cool yeah. stuff. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. Okay, now, do we have do we you have more stories of silly things you did? And I feel like telling silly stories about silly things you did in the book field is kind of on brand for you. So we can share those if you wish. Sure. <laughs> three of three more mini ones. How about there we that? Go. Let's go. There we go. Three Give more mini ones. Ah, we don't care. Fun fact: sold books to Beyonce's cousin because in Houston, my first summer. Go because, on. Yeah, I was literally. Please in this in this affluent neighborhood and it was a black family and i'm in their house and they i see beyonce on the wall and uh i'm like oh are you guys fans of beyonce and she's like that's my cousin and i'm like what and i know she's from houston you know so like that hey. just it all made sense wow uh, cool yeah so that was pretty cool there's really not much too much too, not too much more to that story, but she bought one social studies and language book, which is so random. Let's go. There you go. Names list. Names, Names list. list. Maybe Queenie's yeah. like, what's this? Oh, I didn't know that the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776. Fun fact. Closes it. <laughs> what's the last name? Knowles. But no. Okay. That would be cool. Though. Family. <laughs> yeah. But that's Beyonce's cousin. What if yeah. that's how I hit you? What, that, what if that's how I hit you? You're like, okay, what's the name? Uh, Rebecca Knowles. Do you Knowles Beyonce? Beyonce Knowles? <laughs> You're funny. Life, life riding on the air. Here we go. You got it. Yeah. The degree of separation. There you go. So it's crazy how that stuff works. We've met so many people in our, you know, days. Not I like knocked on Kevin Bacon's door in Connecticut. Just that's oh, that's cool. my, that's my one famous. I didn't get an answer from Kevin Bacon. It was somebody who was there on the Fourth of July, and she was just like yeah we're kind of like not supposed to tell you who lives here you know <laughs> i'm just like come on everybody knows it's kevin bacon right and just like yeah no we're we're having a party we're not interested <laughs> wow so yeah that was my experience so knocking on kevin funny. bacon's door and i met i met mary andretti the formula one driver i was referring to earlier really oh yeah uh, cool nazareth pennsylvania bethlehem bethlehem no way yeah how yeah. random He's like the nicest dude, and I guess he like just that's goes awesome. and gets ice cream like a normal guy, and like everybody knows who he is. And he's he cool. lives there in PA. Yeah, that's so cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's that was awesome. number one. Yeah, that's number that's... one. Yeah, number two. Uh, one of the most off schedule things I did is I was just had this uh song about a ladybug in my head, and I sat down, I pulled over, and I spent like thirty minutes writing this. I guess this I, the most off schedule thing ever. It's just weird. But I wrote this poem about a ladybug who could sing, and I put it in someone's mailbox just to break up the normalcy of their day. 
and that's it. How, how very cinematic it? of you. Do you remember it? No, I don't. It was like a limerick, though. Like, once upon a time, there was a ladybug, blah, blah. Blah, 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 You know, something. There you go. How cute. That's a cool thing. That person would, like, if that's that person, for whatever reason, ever hears this, they'd be like, the ladybug poem. That changed my life. Three degrees of Beyonce separation. That would be awesome. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. man. All right. Number three. Number three. Number three. Pick number this three. is fun. I love these. Yes. Number three bullet point of mini story. Um, <laughs> this is just a cool observation. Like, you know, when you meet alumni on the book field and it's like the greatest day ever of your entire life. I never met one. In my you never met summers. one? That's one. crazy. I've, I've, like I've met people in different ways, in different situations knocking. But I, I can share that story if you want to share yours first. Okay. Yeah. I met three actual like men living in a house. Oh. Um, they all they all happen to be men. Um, actual men. Cool. Yes, they were they were men. Real humans. <laughs> they were real humans. Um, and it was interesting because I'm thinking of these three specifically that were from my, yeah, my first summer. One guy. It's like a parable. It was just like so much like a parable of uh, you'll you'll understand. But the first guy I met, uh, he lives in a like really kind of dirty, dinky, low-income house, you know? And he opens the door, he's shirtless and like just rude immediately. And he's like, what are you doing? Oh yeah, I did that. I mean, I quit. Like I I got out of there right away, but so honestly quit while you can, slams the door. So that's the first one. <laughs> second, second one sold for one summer and like he was nice. They invited me in and, you know, uh, like, I remember he was just like, it, it doesn't like the amount of summers you saw Southwestern doesn't equate wealth, but it was interesting. Like he lived in like a, like a nicer house, you know, like just kind of a modest, like middle-class for sure. He sold one summer. Um, and then my, then the next alumni I met sold five summers, lived in a super nice house, was the most friendly out of the three. It was like the three little bears or whatever. Um, <laughs> like Goldilocks. Yeah. Like the yeah. most friendly invited me in uh and we had dinner they literally served me lasagna and salad and we told Ooh. stories and they were like the nicest most wonderful amazing people ever so it happened to equate with how they treated me uh and the size of their house which sounds dumb honestly yeah. i'm just like oh maybe you'll have a bigger house if you saw more summers but like yeah. it was interesting i just feel like a parable or like a little yeah. three little bears deal it's a life lesson so interesting. yeah, yeah. i I, I did want to share um, the alumni story that I had that was running first. I ran in someone who said that they quit midway through the summer. They said they sold like 3,000 units, but I quit week one or three. And I was like, I don't believe you. Thanks, though. Have a great day. And uh, the other situation, I was knocking in uh, California for a different solar company with a uh, former bookman, uh, Jordan Yurkovich, actually. Um, and we ran into someone that like was knocking for alarms, but knew someone who sold books that she was dating actually. And so I met up with Ryan Nikita. I don't know if you've heard that name. He sold for many summers with TD and out of Arizona. And uh, yeah, that was really cool. He sold for however many summers, many summers, if I remember right. And that was interesting to have that connection out of nowhere. Good so, stuff. Yeah. Dang. Well, man. No. Okay. 
Thank you so much, Sarah. Now we're coming up to the hour and a half, so I want to honor that time that you gave us. So um, thank you so much for being on. We'll wrap up real quick. But uh, one one more thing is where can people, again, Sarah Maddock, anywhere, Google, YouTube, literally go find her. She super talented, super talented and creative human being. Thank you so much for being here. This has been really fun. Yes. Thanks this for having me cool. on. I'm honored. Yeah, thanks so much. And do you, I don't know if you can let us know yet, but <clears throat> you said can we expect your book coming out or like, is there a title that you have that we should look for or what upcoming stuff or other upcoming things that you have that going on that people should know about? Yeah. The book's probably the biggest thing I'm going to, you know, I'm going to figure out how to do the launch properly and like really do it justice. Like I'm, I'm uh, currently in the editing phase and just, I need to like have a fire under my butt to actually get it out there because when you self publish, like you're your own boss of your book, basically there's no deadline, but anyway, Within six months. I'm hoping to have it out before my wedding. And my wedding is in five months, actually. So wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So yes, the, the book will be called Silly on Purpose, The Very Serious Guide to Not Taking Yourself Too Seriously. There you go. So cool. All right. I love that. Again, how very cerematic. That's and then if perfect. You, if I you want, it. we can do like another episode pre-launch to help it along the way. Um, and then we can probably figure out another way that we can figure out, you know, just that paying it forward type of thing. Thank you so much for, for, for being on it. And to be honest with you, this has been a great, uh, whole adventure with this podcast. And, uh, we're glad that you were able to have some time and, and, you know, spend some time with us. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yes. Good to talk to you guys. I was yeah, excited. Sure. Y'all are both like people that are big personalities. And I feel like I know a lot about you, but you know, we just don't cross paths a lot. So yeah. this is really a fun opportunity. Yeah, yeah, great I've reconnect. Loved, I've loved that about this this podcast. Um, Nick, if you want to give us uh, uh, who's coming up next, really quick, dude, like a, uh, uh, we could do we a got brief, it. Uh, upgrade. And then one one that I wanted to for sure mention is we just officially booked. I don't know if this was mentioned before, but Lee McCroskey, uh, January twentieth. So if that you know Lee, right? People have been yeah. asking for this one for a while, and so we're excited to finally have a time locked down for sure. So, but who's coming up the rest of the month? Someone else worth waiting a long time. It's been a year of ponytails. We're excited to keep this train running with, to, uh, not tomorrow, sorry, the day after tomorrow, Thursday, is Todd McWhorter of the old Winning Tradition uh, organization. He's really, you know, historic in the book business, um, top seven or eight all time in the company. We're excited to have him on. Great wisdom, all that. Brian Harson um, is going to be Brian, Harbin. Yeah. I'm sorry. Brian Harson is the football coach of Auburn football. Anyway, <laughs> Brian Harbin um, is a Georgia Bulldog himself, and he'll be on this Sunday. Uh, Trey George next Thursday, the 16th. Great uh, wise fella there, as well as Nick Henderson, Sunday, the 19th. So we're excited. And then we're also doing a New Year's episode uh, early morning. So not our New Year's, but New Year's in Europe. Uh, and it will be our first uh, direct from Europe, uh, born in Europe, I guess, because Courtney Buck was from London or coming in from London. But it'll be a fun one for that theme. We, we're going to try to do one every New Year. So yeah. we'll see you for that as well. Sarah, thank you so much for being on. I uh, appreciate you. And honestly, uh, keep in touch with us. We would like to keep helping you out with your book and your launch. Congratulations on the engagement. Say thank you. Yes. Yeah. So and if you need a DJ, we can get you a hookup for that. Uh, on on the on that note for sure sweet um, so, see you guys so much my name is andres gamboa next everybody was with me and we were visited by ceramatic see ya